The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Hello, guys. Today is Thursday, December 21st. Derek is not here at the time. Not sure where he ran off to, but Dave is here, Nick is here, and I'm here. We are ready to talk some Cowboys. So, how are you guys doing? Paper covers rock. (laughs) Is that a a reference to the measurement in Oakland, or are we moving on from that? I just decided who did the show. Yeah, no, I know. I I don't know what that means. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got it. yeah. Paper moves the rock. Paper covers Del Rio. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on. on from that. We're going on to, we're only talking about yeah. Seattle. We're or focusing Dallas. on Seattle now. So let's start off with the injury report. Several guys did not practice yesterday. A lot of guys. Yeah. Hey, Demarcus Lawrence back. I saw that. Thank you. Appreciate that. God. Marcus Lawrence made the Pro Bowl. He was not at practice yesterday, and he shows up with a back injury. Concerns on this back. <laughs> um, <laughs> took me a second. Like, yeah, what? I was like, God, what are you doing over there? I reserve the right to be wrong, but it strikes me more as like a precautionary slash let's not overdo it type of thing. Like, I don't know that it's the type of thing that's going to hold him out of this game. But it's only Thursday morning. This is so Dave of me to say, but it's like, maybe he was getting a lot of pats on the back. Yeah. Pro Bowl. He was too busy patting himself on the back and couldn't make it out to practice. I saw him walking around at practice and, you know, like the veteran reporter I am, just totally forgot to ask him why he's not out there. Just sat there and BS with him about other crap. It it happens. Dave's sitting there (laughs) writing a story going, at this time, we do not know why DeMarco. No, you're just having a conversation there. Both of you just watching practice, seeing the guys out there. Yeah. Wait, why are you here? Yeah, why are you? I did actually say that. Like, oh, you don't need to be out there. And then it was just congratulations on the Pro Bowl and then never really got the answer. But we, we know now it's the back. Yeah, but the fact that he was, you know, not getting rehab and the fact that he talked to the media on Tuesday, uh, all and that. And I should have actually put this together. He was walking out of Cowboys Fit. Oh, there you where go. they do the... Probably getting some treatment, yeah. I, I saw Lyle and Tyron walking out of there as well. I, I mean... What's that called? Which cryo. there's cryo, there's hydro, there's all they do all kinds of stuff over there. Um, probably cryo if I had to guess. So, were you sorry? Dave. I just I I mean it remains to be seen for sure, but I I don't get the impression it's something that's going to hold him out of this game. It's you know it's late in the year, everybody's yeah. banged up. He's your best defender. You probably want to make sure he's good to go. Uh, that type of deal. So same would apply for Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, Anthony Hitchens, maybe. Um, Lyle, yeah. I mean, at this point, I think you're just in a routine with him. Yeah. Like he's just got to manage his back the best he can until the season's over. I'm I'm not particularly worried about him missing the game. I get Wait, the, Tyron though. I, I get the feeling Anthony Hitchens might be okay. Tyron's the one. Tyron's the one that back knee, that back knee, hip. Shoulder, whatever. Ryan already set him out for the rest of the season. I'm. It's what? I, yeah, it's, that's uh, what he said in on our periscope yesterday. He, I think it's 
You just put them on IR. The, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> the diagnosis, I mean, people are saying sprained LCL, and that's a four- to six-week injury. So, uh, it. I mean, even even if they somehow make the playoffs, you're not, you don't get that bye week. So, I mean, you're talking about him having to play a wild-card game in two weeks. I just, I don't know how realistic that is. I don't think it's super realistic to think he'll be ready for um, the Seahawks. And then it's probably a long shot he's ready for Philly. I'm sure... He is, I mean, we talked about earlier this week, he's an iron man. If anybody can play through this type of stuff, it's him. And it's probably better to have him out there and not be all the way there than not. Um, but it just, I mean, at some point, enough's enough. You know, I mean, he's he's been dealing with a lot this year. So I'm sure they're going to play that by year. Um, who and- is, so who is out? I mean, I'm looking at this injury report. Like, who's going to be out? Irving, I Irving's out. I one. I think Irving ba- Irving came out yesterday. David Irving suffered a concussion November thirtieth. Uh, people have kind of been wondering why he's not bouncing back quicker. He came out yesterday and said himself that he's still experiencing headaches. He's not all the way back. He's going to take it day by day and be cautious, which he should. It's a head injury. That doesn't sound like a guy who's going to play again this year to me. Um, certainly not against Seattle. He's not practicing already, so you're probably not going to have David Irving. It's at least somewhat likely you won't have Tyron Smith, and then the other one is maybe Orlando Skandrick. Yeah, Skandrick's limited. It's the first time he's been limited, right? I don't believe he had any. I think he was limited last week at least once. Okay, so he's, he's got done. He's back. done the individual stuff. Vincent Mayo. Well, Vincent Mayo. He's got a back injury. He doesn't yeah. look like he's gonna. Yeah. Play. And you're we'll probably see. you're. I mean, the inactives were easy last week because four of them were done. You know, before Sunday even rolled around, yeah. I have a feeling that's going to happen again this week. Um, but John Lee limited. I think he. he I think he's okay. That's yeah, I talked to him um, after the game and asked him about the back injury, and he said it didn't even come close to him actually being out of the game. But right. the back injury is something he has been dealing with for a while, just because. And he just said, "I'm just old, basically." So. Hey. But can, he didn't make it sound serious. Well, that's, I mean, you know, these guys show up on the injury report for one thing or another, and it's easy to forget that every single guy in that locker room is dealing with something, whether it's on the report or not. Like you jammed your finger in a drill or you landed funny on your wrist or you tweaked something. Like it's that time of year where every guy in that locker room probably feels pretty terrible when he gets out of bed in the morning. Like that's just... yeah. That's just the reality of it. So you do what you can to fight through the guys that can. And then, you know, there's three or four that you're looking at that, you know, it doesn't look that optimistic. But it's only Thursday. We'll see how they do with two more days of practice to get ready. And at least with Tyron's position, we saw Byron Bell come in and replace him. He did a pretty nice job. Are you guys feeling now confident with what the Cowboys are doing in that specific position in case they do not have Tyron again? I mean – I thought Bell did a nice job with Khalil Mack. I mean, but he's you know he's not the same. I mean, but it, he actually seemed like he played better than what Tyron was doing out there. You think so? I mean, Tyron was struggling. I mean, he was hurt. He he. I yeah. mean, obviously he was hurt. And I thought I thought Bell. I hate saying this, but I just thought he could compete better for that night than what Tyron could. And now and now Tyron's and that was before. Well, you don't know when the knee injury was. I mean, yeah. I, I guess you want to say he probably did it early and tried to fight through it like he does everything else. But the thing about Byron Bell, he just competes. He competes better than Chaz Green did in Atlanta. 
Uh, he's not perfect. He'll have a penalty for you, but I, I against Seattle, who they got? Michael Bennett and those guys. Michael Bennett and Frank Clark. You're gonna talk about them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, They're pretty good. I, I don't know if that answers your question. I mean, it's the best you can do. I mean, I, I feel yeah. I feel better about it than I did coming out of Atlanta. Like I've, you know, they've had to play without Tyron. They had to play without him for one or two more games after. Just that. one more. Mm-hmm. They made it in Philly. Like, I mean, he was all right, and then he made it through the end of this Oakland game. I mean, it, it's certainly not ideal, but uh, I at least feel like it won't be an eight sack disaster. Yeah. Hopefully not. Maybe maybe only three. And Bryce Butler is back to being limited, and I've been receiving a lot of questions through Twitter in regards to him and his participation in this game. What are you guys I, expecting? He practiced yesterday. Yeah, I thought maybe at some point he he would be a candidate for IR as well, but you know they're uh, he hasn't done a whole lot even when he's been out there lately. So I I, I don't know what what their plan for him is, but you know he's got a speed element that no one else really has i wouldn't mind seeing him out there if if he could if he could be there i mean noah brown's been playing instead of him but he doesn't stretch the field or anything this is one of those again and anybody that can fight through it i think they're going to try to fight through it and if they win then you're a week away from trying to get in the playoffs and if they lose then i bet you'll see three or four roster moves where it's like all right we can't make the playoffs tyron there's no need for you to you know Take a seat, Bryce. That killed Bryce seat. not to go to Oakland. Oh, I'm sure it did. Absolutely. And <laughs> well, I'll be interested. I mean, you're right. He does have a speed element that nobody else has, but not if his not foot's if not, bad foot. not, not if his foot's not feeling good. So he did more yesterday than he has at any point in the last week or two. So I mean, that's at least an encouraging sign. And I'll, I imagine you know they'll take that up to Sunday if I had to guess. And yesterday we talked about Russell Wilson's ability and mobility, and the way he escapes everything. With the guys showing up on the injury report, Malik Collins, David Irvin, Demarcus Lawrence, on the defensive line, yeah. how will this affect the Cowboys' ability to pressure Russell? It worries the crap out of me, to be totally honest. Cause, like I, I think I said that yesterday, and I said it on a radio hit I did this morning. Like You need all hands on deck. You need all four guys that are on the field at any given time and all eight of the guys that are playing to rally. Like you need them all doing it. And DeMarcus, uh, his back is ailing him and David Irving's not going to play most likely. And Malik Collins has been dealing with a foot all week. So uh, Benson Mayo might not play in this game. Like you're kind of you're kind of hurting on the defensive line right now, and that's that's not what I want to hear when you're talking about a guy that you have to find a way to get down. I'm shaking your head for <laughs> because I she agree, I'm, like, I'm agreeing with, with me, Dave, but it's not a good in, thing. Yeah, it's like oh, it's a Jason. It's not Garrett. a nice agree. <laughs> Jason Garrett shake. Yeah, yeah like mm, not like good. not good, Al. Not good, Dave. Okay, well, let's go ahead and take our first break. <laughs> Um, I don't remember when break time is. A little early. Little early. It's a little hold on, early. Hold on. Before, we, before we take a break, let's talk about, and this will be kind of quick because there wasn't a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. He Bonk. did. So Zeke did speak yesterday to the actual media. Oh. Not in a. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. To the public. To the public. But, uh, not in a private interview with okay. Mr. Nick Inman. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Media. The media. Real media. So tell me how that went down. Well, the thing was, is I think our, we kind of walked in a little bit late and then you missed it if you're late. Um, 
144. Minute and 44 seconds. I actually I actually listened to it uh, this morning, and I, I don't know. I, I, I'd probably need to bite my tongue on this one on, on why it was unproductive, but he could have done a better job there for sure. Um, and I, I don't know, like, I don't know if he thought talking, <laughs> talking the day before to me, I, I, I mean, I don't think so. I know there were some people in the media that were saying that, but I don't really care. I mean, uh, it was actually a trade that was done. So it wasn't like he gave a special treatment and we, we made a trade, but the thing about it was, is he, he's standing in front of his locker. He's, this is the first time that everybody really gets to see what he's doing, what he's about. He could have done a better job, and the Cowboys PR staff could have done a better job as well. I mean, everybody could. And, and so, for those who do not know what happened, that, yeah, what happened was he was up there, and people were asking him questions about the suspension, what he was doing during his time off, all that, and he was very specific that he did not want to speak about any of that, and people kept asking him different ways over and over, and he just kind of walked out. Yeah. I mean, he's he said, I don't really want to talk about that. That's in the past. I don't want to talk about the future. Do we want to play it? Just yeah, you got yeah. It. If you got it, play it. We have time. Yeah, let me pull it up. And give him about three and a half seconds. Okay. I mean, he he just he he was asked. He he was politely said, I don't want to talk about it anymore. But I don't think that the the follow up questions were really, you know, that they were trying to follow up that. I mean, right. I thought they were kind of different. So I I just. They weren't specific to yeah. this is the court case or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. He, this first time he's trying to kind of change things and change his image. I hope he was, he's trying to. He needed right, a little bit go. more patience there. All right. How much have you grown and how much have you learned? Um, I mean, I'm not really going to talk about it. It's behind me. Um, you know, I'm just trying to start a new page, a new chapter, and uh, you know, I just want to. I'm gonna thank. You know, this Cowboys organization for being behind me. Thank for my family and my team and my friends for uh, just supporting me through the time. And, you know, especially the, the Cowboys fans who stuck by me through this tough time and uh, having all faith in me. But, you know, I'm not talking about it anymore. This is going to be the last time you hear me speak about it. So please don't even ask me about it. What was the reception like going back to this locker? It was great. You know, the energy was high. Uh, I missed all the guys. They miss me, and uh, we're excited to continue the season. Okay, you're not going to talk about the prospect. Can you talk about what you did the last six weeks? No. What about the documentary, and what message do you want to come across through the documentary? Just watch it. You can tell me the message you get. When does it come out? I don't know. Can you talk about at least what went into some of your conditioning? Uh, I'm ready to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. I'm ready to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not speaking on it anymore. Why is it that you don't want to talk about that? All right, I'm done. Thank you. That's yeah. That I mean, I could see why that last one aggravated him, but the ones before that, I don't. But even the question about the documentary, you're you've been working on this documentary, right. which is about yourself. You need to promote it. You want people to at least give them a little bit of information for them to want to watch it and well, want to find out more. And who's and, gonna help you promote it? Oh, that's well. Whether he's right or wrong, he doesn't think he needs help with that, clearly. Like, he'll put it out, and him and his people will put it out when and how they see fit, and people will watch it, and he does. I mean, you know, that, and I I think that's part of it is uh, in this day and age when you have, you know, when Twitter exists and you can speak directly to your audience, 
he doesn't think he needs the media, which maybe he doesn't. And that's that's kind of where I fall on it is like, you know, I I un, I work in the media. I understand their role and their you know, what their, their duties. I understand why they ask those types of questions. They're well within their right to do it. I understand why he doesn't want to talk about it and he's well within his right to, to blow it off if he doesn't want to yeah. talk about it. I mean, I, I can see both sides of it. I thought, uh, I thought he could have handled it a little better just in terms of maybe, um, image, you know, like your first real public appearance since you come back from this, this issue, you want to put forward as good foot, as good a foot as possible. But at the same time, like I said, he doesn't think he needs to do that, and he might not be wrong. He can speak to his audience yeah. however he wants, and uh, there's there's millions of, of Cowboys fans and his friends and his family who've got his back regardless. So, um, like I said, he's well within his rights to do whatever he wants, but I personally thought that could have gone a lot better. Yeah, especially with the first thing that's out of his mouth is, this is a new chapter for me, I'm going to turn the page. But it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like it's a new chapter. I mean, it, it looks like the same type of, you know, I mean, it was standoffish about it. Uh, you know, I, I thought the setting could have been different. And, and I understand that this is where they, they do their interviews. You know, they, we've, we've complained for 15 years that a lot of these guys don't need to be in front of their locker. It's, it's tough for everyone uh, to get those done. And I think that if you would have pushed it to the side and maybe um, – you know, maybe at the podium, you know, like like Garrett is, I, I think that would have probably brought a little bit more uh, attention to it and awareness to, to Zeke. That hey, this is kind of different. This is a big deal. Let's let's let's. Or maybe do the kind of what Romo did. He went up there. Exactly. He didn't really yeah. answer any questions. This is what I want to say. This is what I'm gonna say. That's and that's basically it. Yeah, I thought the same thing uh, yesterday. I, I thought that you know, with they they, they could have done that. Um, you know, if, if he's not really going to talk, you know, he wants to say what he only wants to say, then maybe that, that would have been a good approach as well. Yeah. So. I, like I said, I, I can see both sides. Like I know exactly. Hi, Derek. <laughs> oh, Hey, it's Derek Eagleton. Are you talking about me saying whatever I want to say? Good of you. To well, he's you in the building! You do. <laughs> we just played the Zeke video. Or audio, <laughs> we're not going to play it the whole thing again. We could. I mean, it's not like it takes up a huge chunk yeah. of the show. You, you guys, listen to it? I assume, I assume you guys felt like he did something wrong yesterday. Uh, I, I, no, I mean, the whole thing was. I mean, like we said, the whole the whole thing. I, I they they could have handled it differently. I mean, I, I think they could have put it in a different spot because this is different. This is not. It's not normal that this happens. And and I think that you know he said he wanted to turn the turn the page and new chapter, but it didn't really look that way. I thought his patience was not where it needs to be for this first time. If we're two weeks into this and he's still having asked questions, I get it. But this first time, yeah, I don't think they were that bad either. Especially with if he wants to promote a documentary, I mean they're asking about the documentary. So, I honestly he just did himself a disservice. I I honestly don't feel like. Um, that's that's kind of where I like I I don't think he did anything wrong and like yeah. I keep saying like he has a prerogative to do what he did he's right? he's well within his right to do whatever the hell he wants when it comes to that like he doesn't have to answer those questions if he doesn't want to and he doesn't owe the media that but when you're coming back from the situation that he is like why are you why are you trying to like we create enemies with the press and and just like put out that image of you being this standoffish surly dude like i get it you're probably mad about what happened but you're not doing yourself any favors by getting off on that foot you know it reminds I mean? me of a quote that i heard one time i heard uh somebody in this building one of the ex people in the exec team saying 
you don't you'll never win a bar- you'll never win an argument with someone that buys ink by the barrel. Like it's you just won't. And and I think there's so many players, and the first one that comes to mind is To. Was, you you never you will never win. You were you about to say that? No, I almost said it earlier. I almost okay. said it like five minutes ago about okay. about they get the last laugh as yeah. To is finding out right now. Exactly right. You can, and you can be that way with the media, but when the media gets the vote, if you're a first ballot Hall right. of Famer, so you have you have a right. He has a total right and is well within his rights to say, "Man, I don't want to talk about that," and that's okay. the The problem is how you talk to people and how you manage people. Um, will dictate, number one, how they deal with you and how they talk of you. And I just think that he did himself a disservice more than anything Which, else. Um, and that's and that'll, that'll be – he'll have to deal with the consequences of that at some point. You missed that point when you weren't here, but I was I, – I get the impression he doesn't think he needs the media the way that people did years ago. You know, I mean, you can put your movie out however you want. You can tweet your own mm-hmm. message to your own fans however but you want. But it's so ill-conceived. Oh, that, no. That's wrong. He, I know. He doesn't understand. I know yeah, that, yeah. but I think that's what he thinks. Right. Um, so we'll see. I, and the other thing is for whatever gets, I mean, for the Skip Baylesses and the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, the Dallas media has not been hard on Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, in the grand they've sp- really been on his side with this whole thing. Yeah, honestly, exactly. And, and here's the, here's the problem of what happened yesterday for him is last night as I'm perusing through different media outlets here in the Dallas area, as I was listening to talk radio, as I was driving home, he is getting absolutely slammed by the local media, and it's more because the the narrative now is he's a petulant um, little, you know, little little man, little guy that that just doesn't uh, doesn't understand how to handle himself as an adult. That was the narrative, right? And whether that's right or wrong, you say that over Which, and over and over again, and all those people that are influenced by listening and reading that stuff, what they start to think over time is, uh, you add in the allegations. You add in the video of him pulling the top down a little of the of the young lady. You add in that yesterday, and it creates this narrative. Now he's helping to create the negative narrative about himself that he is a an immature, petulant kid rather than a uh, an adult who really understands kind of what his role is here and 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 the image that he should be putting out there. Which the counter to that is Zeke will tell you. And millions of diehard Cowboys fans will tell you, like, I don't give a damn. You don't owe them anything. Keep doing you. Nice to say. It is. Which, well, it is nice to say. And like, and you're not entirely wrong. You're not. But he had a chance to win over a lot of goodwill with a lot of people who aren't just in his camp. You know, like people that are on the fence about him or people who don't like him. He had a chance to earn some goodwill there, and he decided not to take it. And I'll give you the example that I mentioned to Think about it like this. T.O. never, to my knowledge, broke a single law. Like, in his whole time of his career, never actually did anything that was illegal, that he was talked that was talked about or that was attached to his name. But you ask any fan, whether they are a big fan of T.O. or not, that you ask him what they think of him as a person, and I guarantee you nine times out of ten, negative. the impression of him is negative. Exactly. So, yeah, there are going to be a lot of fans that right now are like, man, you don't have to say nothing. Yeah, screw the media. But the fact is you keep hearing the same narrative over and over. It's how people are manipulated sometimes by the media. Yeah. Like, There's a lot of studies on this stuff. But all I'm saying is he didn't do himself any favors yesterday by the way he handled it. Totally within his rights to do it the way he did. He just didn't do him in, himself I, any favors. I, I, I do think there's a difference between, you know, obviously T.O. and now because T.O., 
uh, needed the media as much as the media needed him, and he knew that, and he just played that game with them. For but Zeke uh, doesn't feel that way, and, and it's a different world. It's a different time now when you've got guys that you can, you know, that you can put out your own social stuff, and then yeah. you have your teammates that retweet it. And, and on the promotion side, that. you're absolutely right. I don't. I think it's getting less and less where professional athletes, especially those that are very popular, need the media in order to promote what they want to promote. But the flip side of that is the media still, in a lot of instances, controls the narrative mm-hmm. on what a, what people think of a particular player. Right. And that, that's where it can be problematic for a guy like him, especially a guy like him that right now is facing a lot of things that people are saying about him that, and some that he feels aren't even true. And it sucks because when you're writing uh, – and. That happened for me yesterday. You know, it was completely disappointing because I expected a Zeke that was coming back a little different, a different attitude. And then we get that, which, again, like you guys said, is totally fine. fine. But when you're writing a story, you're trying to take out your personal feelings of how you feel about this person and kind of write in a different, you know, very different perspective of just overall keep it um, unbiased. And it's hard. It's hard to give the, to take those feelings out. And it took me a lot of work, but I did it. I I did. I wrote a pretty nice article in good. Spanish. There you, go. <laughs> you know, and it, and it happens like that too. Like I'm I'm a big believer in people give people in the media give benefit of the doubt to people they like. Exactly. You know, there are guys who probably got the benefit of the doubt for a year or two, <laughs> for a year or two playing when they were probably not as good as they were. But people because they liked them. They were unwilling to say, man, that guy's not playing very well. They would say stuff like, well, you know, he's he's not what he used to be. Yeah. He's, he's, he's getting a little older, but, right, they, they make excuses for the guy because they like the guy. Where it's, it's completely the opposite side if they don't like you. If they don't like you, then oh. maybe even when your production is still there, they're like, man, is the production worth the headache? Like those kind of things start being said, right? And, and so I, I think, again— you don't have to play the game. None of these players have to play the game with the media. You don't. But understand the consequences of not playing the game means that you're going to accept the consequences of not playing along. And and so that's what I think Zeke has to understand. And maybe he does, and maybe he's decided I'm willing to deal with those consequences because at the end of the day, I feel like I'm good enough where it won't matter. And that's well within it's, his right. It's worked out for plenty of other players, too. For the, I mean, Has it? I would argue, yeah. Give me some examples. Randy Moss. Was Randy Moss a problem with the media? He was like a just a problem in general. Well, but no, that's a diff- we, there's a difference there. Why don't we think about that after this break? When okay, we take a break, and then we'll think of some some of those. Thanks examples. for hosting the show, Nick. That was good. I'm not actually, actually Amber. Amber hosted it, but I was just thinking. <laughs> I almost that we're way into. Like, you have like, almost thirty minutes. You have in. like a mental clock in your head of when you need to go to. break. I just got here, so, so. you just got here, so it's going to be yeah. off. Yeah, let's take a break. All right, it let's take a break. Hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. 
AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See below for details. Back to the break. <laughs> Welcome back. It's the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Morgan Studios at the Star. Appreciate you guys joining us. Even though I was a little bit late, I apologize. We for appreciate that. you joining us, Derek. Yeah, I, mean, I try to do what I can do when I can do it. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, uh, uh, did you guys have a chance? Why are you looking at my head, man? Uh, am I? <laughs> you would look like, no, what are you looking at? No, I'm looking at the SWBC Mortgage uh, <laughs> signage okay. over here right. that they sponsor this. He's just show. jealous he can't he grow is. an afro. Yeah, that's the problem. He wants to be like me. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Y'all make me. And I was like you when I was in seventh grade at 5'10. And then I moved. Wow. Oh. Wow. Okay, we're going to go there like that. Huh? Actually, I, I just 5'10. Yeah. I mean, 5'10. Like, what's up with you, Merry Christmas. Loser? I don't, wow. Okay. I think I even gave you an inch. Yeah, whatever. Okay. We're going to go like that. All right. We're going to wrestle like you did back in the fraternity days. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I've seen you pick up a coworker and slam him on a car. wasn't a coworker. Yes, he, he was. not in my department. Well, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Did y'all have a chance to think about that? Give me some examples. Like, when has this worked out for a player that just basically kind of blew off the media regularly and, and that worked out well for them? Larry Allen? Different. I mean, Larry, Larry Allen. Blowing off the media is blowing off the media. Yeah, but I think the difference is, because if you're going to do that, you could say the entire offensive line for 10, 15 years, okay. and I don't think they had a bad relationship with the media, because here's the thing. The one thing I, that you will notice, even when an offensive lineman won't talk on camera, you'll always see one or two guys that will walk up to them and they'll have conversations. They just don't want to be on camera doing it, but they'll talk to guys. Well, I mean, they'll, so, the linemen talked back, back in the day. I mean, especially Nate. Nate talked. Uh, all the time, talk too much sometimes, but they, <laughs> but no, I mean, Larry, that's why he has a job in the media. Yeah, Larry Allen's yeah. one of the greatest players in the history of the NFL, and he he didn't he didn't talk, and it was okay. You know, it was it was just it was okay. Now it wasn't it wasn't standoffish, though. which wait, okay, that's the difference. Well, I was gonna, I mean, you can apply that Tyron Smith's the same way right now. Like, right, you gotta twist his arm to get him to give you like a minute of audio and don't even try to do like video interview and it's like like but there's a but difference no i know he's like he's not a jerk he right. just would prefer not to do it and he's not a great quote anyway so nobody really like you know cores like like i know there's gold in there tyron like come on talk to it's just like there's yeah. gold in dim here here yeah he's like he's just not a talkative dude <laughs> yeah. really nice though like right don't have a bad word to say about him but he does not do the media I mean, I, I honestly think it's one of the reasons, and it's one it's one of the things that I think endears, as much as they give him flack, I think it's one of the things that endears the media to Jerry Jones, is despite the fact that they ride him 
incessantly. Like they're always finding things and he gives them a lot of stuff to talk about. Right. But the, the thing is, it doesn't seem like Jerry ever takes it personally. No, it doesn't seem like he ever gets to a point. Like we see it every year at training camp. There's a guy here locally in Dallas who probably has as much bad, as many bad things to say about Jerry as anybody. Um, and every year at training camp, Jerry is is quick to mention him by name in that opening press conference that he's there, which, by the way, would probably be the only press conference he attends all year. And but but it's that kind of thing where Jerry's just like he doesn't take it personally and he still understands the media is there to do their job. He's going to not he understands and respects the fact they have to do a job. And that just that's the end of it. And I, I think it's so much smarter to handle the media that way than the other way, because I really can't think of an, an instance where somebody was really just bad with the media and that ended up working well, out for them. Yeah, good publicity, bad publicity. Jerry just hears the second word. He just hears publicity. publicity. Like, good, pre- I mean, I, I, what? Businessman. You're, you're talking about me? Good, bad, but they're still talking about me. And that's, you know, that's the. <laughs> He's the goat. Mm, this isn't. And I'm seeing some comments on Twitter, and I just want to remind people that. These be locked and loaded here. Not everything you see is necessarily the reality of things. Something that you see on a video isn't necessarily how it's in reality. Mm. So the media that is actually in the locker room well, four times a week for whatever, 45 minutes or however long it is. Five if you count the game. Well, yeah, five. You're in there, they are in there, and they get to see the true personality of these guys. So just keep in mind that, because I'm seeing that this isn't a fair conversation, that Zeke is cooperating, blah, blah, and I'm not just talking about Zeke, just in general. Keep in mind, not everything that you see is how it is. I, I, it's some next level it's stuff. It's true, I just don't. It is true, it's very true, but go ahead. I mean, I just, I'm missing the point there of what kind of what you're well, that. I'm seeing comments in, in agreement with Zeke. Okay. And, oh, he's cooperating, blah, blah. This isn't a fair argument. Uh-huh. And it's, yeah, you can say that. He does the interviews and stuff. But we have seen him off camera. Okay. We have seen his attitude gotcha. certain times. Gotcha. We know how these players are, you know, or, like, how maybe Dez gets before he steps yeah. in <laughs> front of the camera. You know the hassle that it is to get him in front of the camera. I got you. So just because you see a video of him talking to the media doesn't, oh, yeah, he's great. Which blah, blah. I've said multiple times on this, like, he did cooperate. He he yeah. he held up his end of the bargain. Like I, and, and he doesn't owe anybody answers to any questions he doesn't want to talk about. But... It you know it's the but, it's the court of public opinion and perceptions and so you're not in control of that like but you know I'm sorry to cut you off we're talking to a fan base right now that I think 95 percent of them just want him to run the football no doubt Sunday. yeah absolutely just run that ball I you know you've served your time this season this season is going to be not what we what we wanted it to be because of that. You know, it's going to come down to the fact that this team will be ten and six or nine and seven. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That six game suspension absolutely killed them. Killed this team, and they, everyone knows. If they it. don't make the playoffs, that, in yeah. my opinion, will be the reason. Even if the they make the season. playoffs at ten and six, and they're the sixth seed, and they go to the th- third seed, and they lose to the New Orleans, let's say that they're the three. You know, you're not. You say you don't win up there. This it still killed them because that they they could have done things. They could have maybe won this division. Maybe won the doubtful and winning the division, but. You realize that at times in the last decade, ten and six is good enough to get you a bye week. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just for whatever that's, and that's This why just happens to be one of those years where the NFC is just ridiculously better than average, I and, guess. And the AFC is awful, and they won a lot of those games. Cowboys would probably be in the playoffs right now if they are in the AFC. To your point, Zeke has... And I'm he made he went out of his way to thank the fans in the longest answer he gave. Like he's got a lot of people that completely agree with him and and have his back. And that's so I I completely understand why he handled it the way he did. And there's a lot of people that either don't care or completely agree with him. And that's, all, all that's fine too. In all fairness, on that, I mean it. it we were told the exact same thing, Nick. I know you did the one on one with him, uh, but we were told before that that by not only Zeke but by his representatives, he does not want to talk about. The past. He wants to move forward. He wants to look forward, and and so this was not something that was any different than than what we were told as well. I right. think this is kind of his mentality when he was coming back. Was I really don't want to rehash all that? I want to kind of move forward and and, and let that stuff go because and that might be best for him. Like he can't go around being bitter and angry about it. And so a part of maybe being not being bitter and angry means I got to move on. I can't really focus on what happened in the past. Well, but when I, I mean, I asked him about. His conditioning, yeah. I asked, let you ask, yeah, yeah. I he answered those about what bit. he's learned. Yeah, you know the message. Has he clearing his name? So he he answered a little bit more there. I mean, he probably gave us a little more deference because of the location, because yeah. it was just one on one. But the fact is, again, he was very adamant, and his people were very adamant. Yeah. That they didn't want to talk about the past yeah. before we did the interview. You know, uh, that's true. So I don't think that he gave the media anything different than what I think he came back with an intention. I'm not going to talk about this stuff. I'm going to move forward. And whatever is going to be talked about will be talked about based upon the documentary. Yeah. Which I agree with you, Amber. <laughs> I heard you say a little bit earlier when I was heading down to show, I was listening and you were like, he could have done a better job promoting his documentary. I mean, that's why you do junkets and that kind of thing is because you want to talk a little bit about it to get people excited to want to watch it. And I know what you're saying, Dave. Yeah, he could he can definitely push it out there, but there's a whole other side of that of getting people excited about watching it. Yeah. And that, to me, is the op- – again, he only missed opportunities yesterday. He didn't do anything wrong. He just missed yeah. opportunities that's, to put himself in a better position. That's how I feel, and that's – like, I think that's – And that's on him. Succinct way to say it, yeah. yeah. All right, let's uh, – actually, you know what we need to do? Let's go ahead and get that second break. When we get that second break, we'll come back. And Dave – are you going to give us a uh, scouting report on the Seattle Seahawks defense? I sure can. All right, let's do that. We're going to come right back. We'll get a, a scouting report, a nice and then we'll get some questions from you guys as well. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. 
I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star Nicholas. You know what? It's about that time to get if you haven't started your Christmas shopping yet, good luck to you. But you know what? You could go to Tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys. You can get 20% off your first order. Tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys. You get Tommy John underwear. Feels great. Looks good. Smells good. Hopefully. When you put it on. <laughs> Amazon Prime is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me as a Christmas shopper because I, I live out of town from from all of my family and loved ones. So, but like you, I like I bought something for my dad yesterday. It'll be there tomorrow. It's awesome. Can I just say online shopping period? Because I this year I know literally but- the other night as we were between the time that we were getting on our flight and probably about an hour after I got to my hotel room, I did. All of my Christmas shopping. Awesome. Every, every single every single gift I had to buy, plus the list that my wife gave me, I did all of it online. And we got a ton of boxes at our house right now that we got to sift through now to get them all packed it's, up. But it was so you're, simple. You're 100 percent right. In 20 years, is there going to be a mall? No. Yes. No. Yes. I actually saw a documentary on this the other day, and it made a whole bunch of sense. It'll be a different kind of mall. It'll be a mall that's more about lifestyle. It'll be a mall that's more about you go. It's a place to hang out. They'll have shops there. We're seeing it already. Think about think about places like up here near where I'm, well, like Legacy, the Legacy area yeah. where you kind of have living and you have shops and you have Restaurant. restaurants. It's all kind of one. That's your new age mall. It won't okay. be the typical walk in and just buy a bunch of I'm stuff. It'll be walk about... in, hang out, have a drink, eat some food, and buy. Right? I'm talking the star. about an ugly the star. There, yeah, there, there you go. go. I'm talking about an ugly drab. White cinder block in the middle of a parking. That's lot probably dead. Stores. That will probably yeah. be dead at some point. But, but I don't think it's. I don't think that that the mall will be dead. It'll just be that concept. Wasn't dead last night. No. Was it live? Oh God! I needed Moose Johnston out there. Like, don't go to a mall after Thanksgiving. It's just. I don't nightmare. know why people. That's. I don't want to know why everybody doesn't shop online. Online it, shopping is great, but you know, depending on the company. You might buy it and it doesn't ship for three or four days. Like that's not going to help you out very much. In today's on world, first, it, it depends on the company. But yeah. Amazon, two hours after you order it, boom, done. There's not there's uh, all that stuff I ordered. There was a couple things from Amazon, but most of us from like different websites, and we have received pretty much everything. Well, our yeah, Amazon has a warehouse yeah. down here. Yeah, so. and Tom, Tommy John, uh, they ship pretty fast. They do ship pretty fast. I don't know, but I'm just gonna say they do. They do. Tommy John, do they? they do. Yeah, they do. I, I know. I've placed some orders and gotten it like pretty quickly. So yeah, we hope here I got on, on my Christmas Tommy John on, on Cowboys oh, break. We hope you've done what Christmas you were... shopping. <laughs> I didn't know. thought I was gonna kick you. No, I thought you said I got on my Tommy John, and I was like, "What oh. are you doing? Like, what are you showing?" 
Y'all never fail to make me feel uncomfortable, like once per segment. Probably. Just tell what? me about Bobby Wagner. Sorry. You want to know about Bobby Wagner? Yes. Uh, he's hurt. Cam Chancellor? He's hurt. Mm. Earl Thomas? He's playing, but he's not 100%. Richard Sherman? He's hurt. Brian Bosworth? Uh, he's he's pimping <laughs> Brian 30 Bosworth. for 30. He's one of the names. This, uh, you were searching for any name oh, yeah. from back in the day that you could throw out Kenny there. Easley? This No, he's in the Hall of Fame now. Okay. Well, he's sorry. alive, right? Sorry, Dave. Yeah, he was. Okay, I just want to make sure. Dave did some hard work to, to figure this out. This uh, this Seattle defense is a lot like the fall of the Roman Empire, you know? Yeah. Like, they've been on. Man, you guys don't care. Whatever. No, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, what? I, was, <laughs> I got caught up there for a second. Why have done that? I felt really good about that line, like about the Roman Empire, and y'all just talked right through it. No, I looked at Derek. Welcome like, to my world. Yeah. Uh this defense has been one of the best in the league for the better part of a decade, and they're not right now. Mm. Uh, mo- well, mostly because of injuries. I mean, let's go back through it. Richard Sherman's on injured reserve. Cam Chancellor's on injured reserve. Bobby Wagner played last week, but he's, n- I mean, his hamstring is bad, and he did not look like Bobby Wagner. Cliff Averill is out. Um, I feel like I'm missing one more. We know Earl Thomas is... Earl Thomas is gimpy. Yeah, thank you. All right, so I just listed basically five of their six best defenders. Like, the one... And most of that's in their secondary, which is the strength, I think, of their defense. K.J. Wright's still there, and Michael Bennett's still there. Other than that... Bennett can be a handful. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, this... this, Despite all of that, these guys still have a lot of talent. Michael Bennett is your left end. Frank Clark... Uh, who Brian absolutely loved coming out of the draft is your right end. They traded for Sheldon Richardson. They have Jerron Reed. Like in spite of everything, this is still Jerron Reed. Was he a first round pick? Second, second. Okay, still a really good defensive line. Um, Bobby Wagner, for my money, is either he's one of the three best middle linebackers in the league. I mean, him, Sean Lee, and Luke Keekley are like the three, in my opinion. Uh, he made the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl right? Wagner, yeah. yes, he's he's amazing, but. He does not look amazing right now. If you go watch the tape of them against the Rams, basically, <clears throat> sorry, basically everything that happened is because Bobby Wagner isn't playing like himself. Todd Gurley murdered them single-handedly. Four touchdowns. I don't have the rushing total offhand, but he was just chunking 10, 14, 16 yards. It really was obvious. I actually saw the Rams broke this play down on their telestrator on Twitter last night. Third and 20. Just an absolute give-up play. They run a draw to Todd Gurley, and Bobby Wagner didn't get there on time, and he went 57 yards for a touchdown. Oh. Just blew On third and 20? On third and 20. Like, that's the type of thing that you see, you know, college college teams. That's that. when you know it's just not your day. You're going to— Bobby Wagner, I mean, he's he read the play, and he just couldn't get there in time. And by the time he missed on the tackle— Todd Gurley's in the secondary and just splitting the that, safety. Yeah. It was bad. And, it, like, it's it's striking watching this team's last three games because they don't they don't look like themselves. Uh, go back to Seattle two weeks ago. Uh, this kid, Kiri Cole or Kyrie Cole, comes out of a bunch formation. There's confusion about which linebacker's supposed to carry him, and then the safeties forget about him because, you know, Chancellor's not there, and Thomas is not himself, and all of a sudden he's 20 yards behind the coverage. Like, you just haven't seen Seattle giving up plays like this in forever, which uh, – and they're they're mediocre across the board. They're 15th in total defense. They're 13th in passing defense. They're 17th in run defense, and they're 12th in uh, points per game. They're giving up 20, 
22. Um, which, fun for the Cowboys, the last two opponents have given you the blueprint for how to do it. You had Leonard Fournette and Todd Gurley. I honestly, I mean, what a week for Ezekiel Elliott to be back because if they look like this, I mean, it should be there for them. Honestly, I think it should be. The big thing for me is uh, the pass rush. Bennett and Clark, can they wreck this thing if Tyron Smith's not in there? And I think that'll be a problem. I think Zeke's going to need to stay in and do some pass pro, and Jason Witten and the tight ends are going to have to have a role. That's the like, and we talked about that with Khalil Mack and um, and Bruce Irvin last week. Is like those are the strengths of your team, and you can't let them wreck stuff. Well, they kind of did. Like, I mean, they had a hard time with those two guys in spite of everything last week. The the one thing to say about that though is the we haven't really seen that happen when Zeke's been a part of things, and mainly it's because True. the Cowboys offensively don't put them in themselves in a position where they can get wrecked because they're not passing a ton like they're running the ball consistently and they're running it well and again if it works out the way that that it worked out last week for the Rams where they're having a hard time stopping the run the Cowboys are going to keep giving it to them in the run and that slows down your pass rush uh, because you now have to be concerned about the guy just dashing past you uh, and now getting into the second level if I I I mean I always talk way more simplified than they do obviously but I would just run right at them. Yeah. Their enforcer in the middle is hurt and their, you know, Bam Bam Cam, probably the best yeah. strong safety in the league, not there. Yep. I would run right at the middle of the defense. Don't even try anything cute. I love those stretch plays where Zeke gets to the boundary and then finds the I don't even know why you would bother with that cuz your left tackle might not play and their best two defensive linemen are on the edge. I would run straight up the middle of this defense and see if they can handle it. I mean, they're giving up 113 yards per game. But the one thing I will say is if, you're, if your middle linebacker has a hamstring issue, I kind of want to get him running. So good running point. those stretch plays to me is a good thing as much and as frequently as you like. Just if nothing else, make him run. Make him run a lot because it's not – hamstring ain't going to get better during the game if he's running a lot. Well, that's – if you can get the running game going, play action. And not – I mean, I'm not trying to take, like, these crazy shots. Like, get guys running across the field. Terrence Williams, Jason Witten. Yeah. I love boots and waggles, and, and they work. So that's what I'm looking at. It's good stuff. You guys – this, this is this is a shell of what they – what you're used to seeing from Seattle. Those are their last two games, Jacksonville and Jacksonville and the Rams. So thirty and forty. Forty two. I mean Yeah. I mean that's seventy two points. They've probably gone when they were at their their peak, you know, they've probably gone eight yeah. eight games with seventy two points. It's 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 not what it's they it's something to see when you Yeah. Like when you put it on tape and you're like, Oh my God. Like I mean you and know, Jacksonville's offense is not a juggernaut. Like no, well, their defense is really good. Blake Bortles is out of nowhere playing the best like month of his seven entire touchdowns, career. no interceptions. It's last three or four games. Yeah. But, um, but even at that though, my no. point is they he their offense has not been what they've been doing great this year. They run the ball really well and they play great defense, right? If you pull up, you know, on NFL Game Pass, they have the little menu where it tells you what the play is, and it's like T Gurley, second and ten, six yards. Third and four, 14 yards. First and 10, 16 yards. Just like, <laughs> just one after another. Wow. It was, yeah. So, how well did, did, uh, did Fournette play that game? Mm -hmm. How well did he run? Uh, well enough. I don't, I, just, I, I didn't pull up the final box score, but I mean, he had two rushing touchdowns and was, I mean, he, he didn't do Gurley. Cause, yeah. I mean, Gurley, I have to believe that's like the highest fantasy total of the year. Gurley went crazy. Yeah. But Fournette played well against them. They didn't do a good job of stopping him.
So it's obvious that there are a lot of areas to exploit. What do you guys think are some areas that you would you would say, hey, this is what the Cowboys really need to do to take advantage of this defense? Um, to take advantage of the defense, I I mean, I, I like what Dave said about running the ball, you know, right at him. I I think that what what Zeke will do having him there, I think will will just stretch stretch things out more. I want to see more passes down down the field. Some, I mean, I I think. I absolutely love the flea flicker that they did, and I know that they missed it. But you know what? That taking the deep shots like there, it was there. The pass was was right where it needed to be, and you know Terrence just dropped it. I mean, but I like stretching it out a little bit more, especially when you have Zeke. So I I, I just think use fifty three yards wide, use the whole field, and and with Zeke out there, I think you're going to see these receivers make a little more plays down the field. You know, the Cowboys are in absolute advantage right now especially with Zeke back and the Seahawks defense in the past has been a defense that I personally do not like just because of how aggressive they play and it just like would worry me all the time I'm like oh my god they're gonna really hurt somebody here. you don't you don't like them in the sense that you don't like to play them not that you don't think they're good no, that's the point. Yeah, they, okay. They're just too good, too aggressive, and too, like, don't damage our players, yeah. you know, type um, of thing. They've already done that yeah. once or twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I don't feel that way right now with all the injuries they have and how their team is looking at this point. I'm pretty excited about this game. You, you know, I'll, I'll say this about Dallas and Seattle. I, I, I think the Cowboys have been built to, to beat them. Um, even when they were really good in 2014, Dallas was better that day out there uh, and ran the ball right over them. Yep. Uh, 2015, Seattle was still good. Cowboys were not, but they had chances to win. I mean, I think was it 13 to 12 that they, they lost? should have won. That they should have won game. that game. They would... played really, really well that day. So I, I just think that for some reason they match up well when it's just the, the styles match up well. So in this case, with Seattle struggling the way they do, the Cowboys still kind of play their game. I agree with her. I think I think they're going to be in good in good shape to to run the ball and kind of they should have the advantage here. My main memory of that game, which worries me for this game, is like the Seahawks just. I don't think they even bothered running a play where Russell Wilson was in the pocket. Like he was just moving, trolling around the get immediately, and they could. Didn't couldn't. Hardy have a good? Kind of have to. With Russell Wilson line, won, though, right? Russell Wilson won that game because Hardy like picked him off on a tipped pass or something, and Russell Wilson like grabbed Hardy's ankle, or else it would have been a pick six to take the lead in the fourth. And and the Cowboys shocking that Cowboys offense couldn't score a touchdown <laughs> from like the Seattle fifteen. Just a what an awful. Who was quarterback? Who's the quarterback? Was, was it that Castle? Was Castle's second or third start. Oh my that gosh. season was so dreadful. That sounds so far away. It was like or, I think they were. I think they were down thirteen to ten, and Hardy gave them the ball in like basically in the yeah. Seattle red zone, and they ran like three plays and kicked a field goal. <laughs> it was so disheartening. Three plays, two yards. Right. Ugh. That's horrible. All right, let's get some questions. Uh, you guys can call us two one four six seven four seven one. Uh, I'm sorry, 214-872-2102, 214-872-2102, or you can hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Let's get a question from Twitter. Do you guys think that Dak is just taking too long to make a decision with the ball, whether it's throwing it or making it play with his feet? I, I, don't, I don't think he's taking too long. I think he would love to throw it if they were open. I think those receivers take too long to get open. I think, and, Or don't get open. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can get open eventually. Eventually? Yeah, but I mean, you only got so much time. I mean, I know, like, 
Do you think I could eventually get open on no. Patrick Peterson? No. no. Eventually? No. 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 You would get tired before you could get open. You would eventually say, man, I give up, man. I, I can't do it. I Like, there is a certain class of quarterback. Andrick? Nope. I'm thinking of open on I'm game. thinking nope. of Mickey Spagnola right now. Like in a there, there's a certain class of quarterback where I can just hear Mickey go, "Come on, get rid of the ball!" Just like you know, just <laughs> take, like. I, but I don't ever think that with Dak. Like I'm not ever si- sitting there. Maybe it's because you he's, sound like you sit next to Mickey on, uh, on the. I actually, games. I actually don't. You can just hear him from. We all sit. You can hear him from anywhere in the press box, but. Um, <laughs> I don't ever think that with Dak. Maybe it's because he's mobile. Maybe it's because like I know that he's got a chance to run or get away from a guy. But I never, I'm never worried that he's holding on to the ball too long. Like that's never been something that I. Yeah. You know, it was back when uh, Parcells was here, and he used to do this with uh, some of the young quarterbacks. You remember he used to have that little, that little sounder that would kind of that he blare kind of after mm-hmm. a few seconds. Whereas, like, get rid of the ball. This is block. When, yeah, yep. and and ever since then, it it gave me first. It gave me an indication of how fast this game is. Like, this is like literally snap, horn. But like, that's how fast you need to get rid of the ball. And it so it kind of has this thing in my head. Once it gets beyond that, and now after that, kind of, I I kind of sense. Oh wow, he's holding the ball a little bit long here. Get rid of the ball. Get rid of the ball. But, but in 2014, I remember Romo saying that that clock has has been uh, changed from what it was when Why? Phil Costa was was snapping, and you know you had Bill Nagy starting yeah. for you. It's, it's because it's a better offense. Yeah, line. I mean the game that Odell had that great catch against the Giants. Everyone remembers that play. But mm-hmm. the Cowboys had to drive down the field and win the game. And Dez caught the game winner in the end zone. And I swear Romo was running around for eight seconds on that play. I mean, seriously. It, it was like... He had a lot of time. It, I mean, that offensive line... Was, and he, he even said that, that that mental clock that you've you had in your head for all these years, you can maybe add a second or two. Yeah, yeah and Dak definitely benefits from that. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, either way, I think it still is like there still is that... Got to get rid of the ball, right? You got to move it. You got to. But do you find yourself think, thinking that when With you're Dak, watching him? Not necessarily. I don't. Not necessarily. As a matter of fact, I, I kind of think a lot of times he gets, he does get a little bit of extra time. Um, I actually do the inverse when I'm watching the Cowboys defense. Like, man, wow, he should get. He should be being sacked right now. What's what's going on? Like, there's. And it seems like, like oh, opposing quarterbacks seem to have a little bit extra. Lyle time Collins is just sitting on a guy. There yeah. we go. That's what happened. Like, yeah, there were a couple snaps. They started to struggle as the game went on, but the first two possessions of that Oakland game, I was just like, oh my god, Collins and Tyron are just mauling these guys. Yeah, which yeah. it helps when you have that. Yeah, it does. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow. We'll get you guys ready for the game. We'll tell you what's going to happen, give you our predictions. Till then, for Nick Eben, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagles, and this has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!